Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Show. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. Hi Glenn. Hey Paul. Welcome into the shack again at Paul's Place. Yeah. How's your week been? Oh yeah, pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, got a fair bit done and that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, back, back you're looking well. Yeah, thanks. Back into the recovery centre and... Oh, isn't it great there? Yeah, doing the, doing the compression therapy and, and um, the magnesium pills. Yeah. But, yeah, really, they're really friendly staff there. Oh, they're great, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The, the guys that own it. Really What's his name? Mark. Mark, yeah, yeah. Mark and the, um, well, I think it's his son, um, Clay, that owns it. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. He's the boxer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, well, um, I've been going there every Wednesday. Yeah. It's great to see you there during the week. Yeah. Yeah. And I find, yeah, I was just saying to you before, I find if I go weekly, I've no problems getting into that ice cold water. Yeah. 13 degrees, yeah. Oh, oh. I reckon it's colder than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's about six or seven. Yeah, but well, geez, you feel good afterwards, well, don't you? Well, they, they say it's 13 degrees. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they turn it up a bit <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> what, make it colder? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind going into the cold pool in summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, um, yeah, my week, so I've been a bit frustrating. But um, a few aches and pains and... Yeah. Yeah, but not too bad. You got a slap of the week? Hit me with your slap. Yeah, yeah, well, as I spoke to you, going to the men's group on Wednesday, the bloody lighting of the being at town centre. Oh, yeah. On the road there. Yeah. Well, I was down at Byron yesterday. Yeah. Went down for the day and I'm driving back and just the lighting around Byron. Yeah. You know, and I got lost. Yeah. <laughs> like... Missing one of the turn-offs because yeah, you yeah. just you just can't see in the light. Yeah. 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 No, it's definitely frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Lighting. <coughs> Pardon yeah. me. Yeah, because I think around we've been at town centre, there's no residential area. Yeah. So I don't know why they had to put those bloody orange lights around mm. to give you bugger all to see. Yeah, and when you got a disability, it's easy to yeah. trip over, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other slaps? I've got some slaps. I've got a lot of slaps to hit you with. Yeah, okay. Hit yeah. everyone with. Yeah. yeah. You want to know more slap? Yeah, go ahead. That. Oh, that, that, yeah. I'm holding that. up a bloody Woolworths shopping bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are as good as a one-legged bum kicker. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I haven't... Used one that hasn't ripped to bits. <laughs> well, that's it, yeah. They are hopeless. And, and what happened to the plastic recycling? Yeah. Yeah, that, that disappeared. Well, I reckon if it gets to the day where they just use those, what are they called? Cardboard plastic, um, pl those shopping bags, the cardboard bags. Yeah. Oh, I'll give it up for all time. Yeah, I'll just get it all delivered. Because they are the most frustrating things no, to no, use. Well, when they deliver it, they deliver it in them. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. My idea is is that you you pay <coughs> you pay say a deposit for some decent bags. Yeah. And then um, say if you buy say if you buy ten bags, <coughs> and and they deliver them in the decent bags, so that when you um get a delivery it gets delivered in those bags and when you get another delivery you give them back yeah yeah instead of the because you know because you, you're paying 20 cents for these, i know it's rip off the, absolute these, rip off these bags and you don't even have to touch them and they rip yeah <laughs> oh i prefer the plastic ones any day yeah yeah but i've got another big slap the whinging pommy cricket fans yeah well the in their whinging prime minister yeah. over that that uh, stumping at the Lord's test. Yeah. Oh gosh, I just need to get over it. Yeah. You know, like I'm telling you now, they would have done exactly the same thing, yeah. exactly the same thing in that yeah. situation. Yeah. They wouldn't have called an Aussie batsman back. No. But it also. We aren't upholding the spirit of the game. But if that was any other country, it would have been all forgotten in about 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I don't think it really cost them that test match. I think, you know, yeah. Australia the better team in that test and yeah. deserve to win. But it's not looking too good in this test match. Yeah. yeah. Looks like we're going to lose this one. And yeah. it'll be 2-1. That yeah. sets up an exciting last two test matches. Yeah. yeah so, uh, no, other slaps are Dave Warner. He's just a, the Aussie opening batsman. He's just a walking wicket. Yeah. <laughs> they're, one, they're one down before they start. Because yeah. all Stuart Broad has to do is bowl around the wicket. Yeah. Nick, out, one for zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Smith, he's had a test, it was his 100th test match. Yeah. yeah, the curse of the hundred hundredth test. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, last test match, Aussie star spin bowler Nathan Lyon yeah. tore his uh, injured his calf muscle bad, and he's out for the series. Yeah. And that was in his one hundredth consecutive test. Yeah. But this is Steve Smith's one hundredth test. Yeah. Yeah, and he um, had a well, he he did well on the field. Took five catches and yeah. the slips and. Oh, he took a, a few out in the outfield, but yeah, he's had a test to forget with the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Had two failures and. Yeah. And uh, Manus Labashay. Oh, gosh, you know, our two premier batsmen playing two shots that you just. You know, it's a Moen Alley. Yeah. You know, they're, they're spinner. He can hardly spin a ball. Yeah. And normally the Aussies take him to town. And yeah. yeah, he got them both out cheaply, oh, yeah. and both playing ridiculous shots. And unfortunately, it looks like it's going to cost us big time because mm. if they don't get runs, especially Smith, yeah, our chances are yeah. really down yeah. the creek. So yeah. anyway, yeah. hopefully there'll be a miracle tonight, and we'll <laughs> we'll bowl them all out. Yeah. They only need about two hundred and twenty runs to win. England and uh, yeah, they're a very good chasing team. So uh, yeah, but that's a slap too. The, the the English weather, 
because it always seems to the sun always seems to come out when they're batting, uh. and the clouds always <laughs> seem to come out when the Aussies are batting. And when it's cloudy, that ball moves around. Uh. Yeah, makes it difficult. Yeah. yeah, but I've got a I've got a slap who's turned into a clap. Yeah, yeah the Canterbury Bulldogs in the NRL. Uh. They got flogged at home, beaten yeah. by Newcastle last week, sixty to nil. Yeah, they were booed severely by their fans. Yeah. you know he gave them a verbal tongue lashing when they came off the field, yeah. and then they turned it around last night and beat South Sydney, yeah. one of the premiership favourites. Mm. So that's a huge turnaround in in under a week. Yeah. yeah. And the West Indies are a big slap. Gosh, haven't they fallen from grace in the cricket world? Uh, they failed to qualify for the for the first time for the Cricket World Cup. Yeah. Two time winners. Wow. You know, they failed to qualify for for the uh last T twenty World Cup uh, where they've won that, but, you know, a yeah, couple of times back and in, back in the seventies and eighties oh, they were just unstoppable. Yeah. They were just winning everything and just yep. annihilating everyone. Well, they're coming out again to play two tests against Australia this summer. Yeah. They'll be lucky to sell tickets. Yeah. Where back in the 70s and 80s, yeah. gosh, or even yeah in the 60s as well, yeah. you know, they would just, they'd come out nearly every year because yeah. they were such a big draw card, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like the seventies and the eighties, gosh, they were just unstoppable. Yeah. So no, it's just sad to see what's happened. The West Indies cricket, and mm. yeah, and yeah, you know, I just don't know if they're going going to ever get out of it really, because yeah, the financial situation over there and you know is not good, and so many young West Indian. Athletes now, yeah, they just want to go and play the American sports because yeah. that's where all the money is. Yeah. You know? They want to play, well, yeah, yeah soccer's a big attraction, but mainly basketball and yeah. athletics. and yeah. yeah. But no, a big clap is England batsman Ben Stokes. Oh, gosh, he's a thorn in the Aussies team, isn't he? Yeah, yeah well, he's basically playing on one leg and he's yeah. smashing them around. He, he got like 150-odd. Yeah. Um, in the last test and yeah. nearly won the match for them. Yeah. Smashed them around in this test match too. Yeah. But he's so good at just switching the go button, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he'll just back really slowly and, yeah, just, you know, get his eye in and then bang, he just flicks a switch, goes from yeah. first gear to fifth gear yeah. in the space of like one or two balls. Yeah. But another big clap is uh, Scotland. They qualified for the Cricket World Cup. That was a tremendous achievement. Yeah, and yeah, it hurts me to say this. Collingwood in the AFL—they're a—they're a clap. They're, they're a—you know—I I can't see them losing. Yeah, their certainties, I think, to win the premiership this year. Uh, they just no one can get close to them. Mm. They're just so dominant, and they, yeah. yeah. So, you know, in Geelong, uh, they've been up and down all year. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Collingwood are going to be extremely hard to beat. Yeah. No, I've got a clap. Yep. For my, I step out. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because yep. as I was telling you before, he's got this other treatment to help with, yeah, control the inflammation in the body. And even though I've only been having it, like, this is my third day, I'm starting to, yeah, feel a lot less pain. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going, yeah. So what, can you explain the treatment again? Well, it's just stuff that's made over in the Netherlands. Mm. And you do a blood test and they send it over and they work out like the ratio of not quite sure what they're looking for, but the ratio is supposed to be the normal range is three to one. Yeah. But even the osteopath when he done it and he looks after himself, he was seventeen to one. Right. And um, I said, well, mate, you know, I've got a lot of inflammation. And I said, I'll probably be like a thousand to one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but no, it's sort of... So is it is it a cream or a... No, it's a liquid. Liquid, right. Yeah. When you so it gets into your, your body quicker. Yeah. It's a liquid. Yeah, like, like, like when he gave it to me, he said, oh, you, you put it with water. Yeah. And drink it. And he says, oh, it, um, he says, it doesn't taste too bad, but, but mm. the, the, the first time I tried it, I poured into the, the water and gone, because uh, 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 it's all oily. Yeah. I thought, yeah, this is going to be, <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> but yeah, so I just opened, it, opened her up and poured it down. And yeah. It wasn't bad. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, really. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he was saying in four months of having this treatment, yeah, things will be a lot better with me. Um, information. Yeah, and that's the thing. you got to give it time, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, and that's the thing with the magnesium pills. That it's very yeah. good for, for uh, inflammation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, oh, it's great to hear that, Glenn. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a, a show for the ladies today. Our show is on underrated female sports people from over the years. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so many people don't believe they earn the recognition they deserved. So other sports stars have often overshadowed them. However, for others, there may be other circumstances for being the reason they did not get as much attention. So, Glenn, when you think of female sports people who were underrated, what comes to your mind? <laughs> I can't think at the moment. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't until, you know, 10 years or so ago, mm. female sports is non-existent in Australia. As for, like, um, as for, you know, Playing and the broadcasting, like like. Well, in most sports, yeah, 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 yeah. like the, probably the biggest one that's been around the longest is the, is the netball. Yeah, and tennis on the ABC mm. and the and the tennis. Mm. But you know now with you know, women's teams in most other sports like AFL and cricket and mm. and that, yeah, there's a lot a lot out there so I can't recall any female at the moment hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's certainly come come along in leaps and yeah, bounds in recent yeah, years, but, hasn't it? Yeah, but watching mm. the females, I reckon they've got more guts than the guys sometimes. Yeah. And they really throw themselves around. Mm. You know, just watching the, the, the women's cricket. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, like, the wicketkeeper really stretching out there to get the ball throwing themselves around. And I remember... The, the blokes used to do that, but not anymore. Yeah, well, Alyssa, Alyssa Healy in the test yeah. match, yeah. recent test match, yeah. she played with two broken hands, yeah. basically, wicket-keeping. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that takes real guts. Yeah, I think it was a... a yeah, I'm pretty sure I now recall uh, yeah, in a match that, the, yeah, the ball... The batsman hit the ball and it went it went wide behind her, but she just stretched. She just threw herself into midair, yeah, and um, caught the ball. Yeah, it just fell just the tips of the glove and bring it back into the glove. And mm. I thought, yeah, what happened to the blokes? They used to do that. Yeah, well, I think um, yeah, especially women's tennis. I think it's a lot of it's more appealing than men's, you know, where men's is just power, power, power. Yeah. Women's, you know, like there's more skill involved, I guess. Yeah. yeah. More angles. I use the angles of the court a lot more and yeah. Yeah, more appealing to watch, I yeah. find. But no, when you were just talking about, um, you know, women's cricket, well, yeah, she's sort of forgotten this lady, Belinda Clark. Now, she's a former Aussie cricketer. She's been retired for a, a while now, but she kept in the team for 11 years. And this was before women's cricket really took off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she kept into Australia for 11 years. And, you know, the two World Cup triumphs in 1997 and 2005. And I think a lot of people wouldn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. But she was the first player to score a double century in a one-day international. And she's got an incredible average in ODIs of 47.49. And this lady, and she's still playing now, Venus Williams. Yeah. She's still playing at 43 years of age. She's yeah. still on the circuit. Yeah, yeah and she, she was pl playing in Wimbledon. She lost, I think it was in the first round or second round the other day yeah. but um, yeah, incredible achievement but I wonder how many people actually realise that she has won seven Grand Slam singles titles yeah. and that includes five Wimbledon titles yeah. yeah I think I spoke about this in an earlier episode I think you know we're looking at um, milestones in sport it might have been yeah. yeah but because she's often always been in the shadow of her sister Serena her whole yeah. career most people I reckon wouldn't even know that that yeah. she's won yeah. all those Grand Slam titles yeah. you know because yeah. when when they first came out the Williams sisters well Venus was hit the circuit first yeah. so it was all about Venus and then yeah. oh, it might have been a year or two later then yeah. Serena came on the circuit and yeah. she won the US Open at a really young age, you know, she might have been 17 or something. Um, yeah, and then it was all about Serena then. But, yeah, in the background, Venus was also winning 
you know, Wimbledon and yeah. yeah, and yeah, it was sort of, I guess. Well, to me, I thought it was just a lot of it was just swept under the carpet. So yeah, yeah. But Curry Webb's another one, the Aussie well, golfing yeah. star. Yeah. yeah, former world number one, and she's won seven major championships. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Osaka, a Japanese tennis player and former world number one. Now, she became the first Asian player to do so. She's won four Grand Slam titles. Yeah. yeah. So do you think it, it could be from, um, you know, the lack of publicity for female sports? Uh, yeah, all, to and, an extent. And also yeah. the funding towards sports oh i don't know about the fun yeah in some sports yeah but i think they've pretty much caught up with a lot of the funding now yeah 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 that's what i think but this is one lady we've spoken about in previous episodes and she's one of the greats of athletics jackie joiner kersey the former american track and field athlete yeah now she excelled in the long jump and the heptathlon she won three Olympic gold medals, two silvers and two bronze medals. And she competed at four Olympics. Now, she was a severe asthmatic as well. Yeah. So that's an amazing achievement that's mm. often not recognised. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so many other ones, but these are the ones that really stand out for myself. Mm. Now, we better go get Miss Olivia because it's quiz time. Yeah. Okay, my poor goes off to get Olivia. I'll just talk about the weather on the Gold Coast. <laughs> oh, but here she is. She heard. She's in front. <coughs> How are you, Olivia? Good. It's weird to actually have you in person again. Yeah. How was your time away on the sunny coast? It was pretty good. Yeah. We just kind of like, we didn't do anything big. We just kind of chilled out, which is what we needed. Yeah. Where did you stay? Which part of the sunny coast? Twin Waters. Yeah? Yeah. Is that near Mauritius or? Um, or further towards Noosa? I think it's kind of near Mauritius Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, well, you get to do the quiz. Okay. And it'll be good to have someone here that can actually read. <laughs> Hi. No, no, no. <laughs> you were out of the room, you didn't hear that comment. Ah. Uh, you can hear it. Away you go. All right. Question number one. Aussie surfing legend Lane Beachley won how many world championships? That's our thinking music. We don't have our music at the moment. The answer is seven. Yep. Question. Yeah, we spoke about her a few weeks back. So if they were listening and done their homework, they would have got that answer easy. Carry on. Okay. Question number two. American Allison Felix competed at five Olympic Games, claiming 11 medals, seven of them gold medals, in which sport? Du, 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 du. <laughs> 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 
The answer is track and field. Yep. How do you so what that? events were they? 100 you tell meters. Everyone? Uh, the 200 meters, 100 meters, 400 meters, and four times 100 meters, and four times 400 meters, and four, four times 400 meter relays. There we yep. go. Yep. <laughs> Question number three. Olga Corbett? Corbett, yep. Won four Olympic medals, including three at the 1972 Munich Games. Four Unit. Olympic gold medals. <laughs> What did I say? Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah. Four Olympic gold medals. Three, yep. Including three at the 1972 Munich, Munich? Munich yeah. there we go, Games in which sport? Is it A, swimming, B, track and field, or C, gymnastics? That was totally random. That was beautiful. The answer is C, gymnastics. Question number four. Norwegian football Caroline footballer, sorry, Norwegian football. Norwegian. Caroline is a Norwegian. No. Okay. Whatever. Question number four. Norwegian footballer Carolyn Graham Hansen excels for which Spanish club in the A. FC Barcelona, B. Real Madrid, or C. Valencia? Oh, I made a mistake there. You did. Yeah. I'm very confused. It's in the female La Liga, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry to anybody who's listening to this. I'm so sorry. It's a worry. (laughs) The answer is A, FC Barcelona. Question number five is the last one, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Rochelle Hawks won three gold medals to Australia at the 1988. 1996 and 2000 Olympics as a member and captain for which sporting team? Is it A, Opals, it's a basketball team, or B, soccer, or C, Hockey Roos, which is hockey. Oh, Matilda's soccer. (laughs) We apologize. Um, Again, well... I'll make the phone call to the people in the white jackets after this episode. Uh, 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 I think he needs a bit of treatment. The quiz might need a, a, a rest for a while. Wait, what happened to the sound? Oh, we don't have Glenn's uh, equipment here. Oh, yeah. But it's, it'll come back. It will come back. Don't worry. Okay. All's good. The answer is C, Hockey Roos. Right. All right.
Okay, so uh, this week's Who Am I? Who Am I? Uh, <laughs> Hit it. Glibby. <Okay. clears throat> I was born in 1970, and I am a Swedish professional golfer. According to Wikipedia, I am regarded as one of the best female golfers in history, winning 90 international tournaments, the most ever by a female golfer. I am the winner of 10 major titles of the year awards. I'm... Okay, sorry, I missed a line. I am the winner of 10 major titles, and in 2003, I achieved a career Grand Slam. I am the winner of a record 8 player of the year awards. And I am the only female to shoot a score of 59 in the competition. That's crazy. My season scoring average is 68.69 in 2004 and is a record to this day. I retired from regular tournament golf in 2008. And as of the end of 2022, I still top the LPGA's career money list with earnings of over 22 million insane in 2003 i became the first female golfer to be invited to be invited to play in a pga tour event since 1945 fiji golfer vijay singh was not happy about this and said that i should have to qualify just like the men and that he did not want to be beaten by a female sexist yeah (laughs) i now currently play on the women's senior tour and in 2021, I was awarded with the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Donald Trump. Gosh. <laughs> That's gonna suck. Like, imagine, like, working so hard to, like, get something, and it's just, like, handed to you by this this guy. He's probably flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> Rightfully so. Chucked into the bill on the way out. Okay, are we gonna reveal it now or at the end nope. of the episode? Later on. Okay. This episode. I'll just have to wait. Okay. Lock the audio equipment for the quiz. Yeah. Now, just got to be patient. I came up six weeks ago and I haven't been back. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Libby. Yeah. You're very welcome. Great job. Right. So. I'm going to talk about some other underrated female sports people now. Now, this is a lady I've never heard of before, but she's a, an absolute legend in the sport of uh, soccer. Yeah, so Christine Sinclair. Now, she's a Canadian soccer player who has scored the most international goals of any player in history. So that's man or woman. <gasps> yep. Oh. And she's still playing for for her country at 40 years of age. Now, she has scored 190 international goals in more than 300 appearances. And she scored goals in five World Cups. Bless my soul. Now, she helped Canada win gold at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. I had no idea Canada won the gold medal because... Normally, America are just so dominant. Yeah. But they've got the Women's uh, World Cup here in Australia yeah. starting in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah I, I wonder if there's any tickets for games in Brisbane. Mm. Taylor Swift won't perform in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people aren't happy about that. 
Well, New Zealand is unhappy that she won't play over there. Oh, she's given them the flick too. Yeah, and New Zealanders aren't happy with their New Zealand. Mm. Because when they announced the Taylor Swift concerts in Melbourne, the price of the plane tickets um, from New Zealand to Melbourne was averaged about $260 odd dollars. Right. When they announced the the, the, the dates for the, the concerts in Melbourne for Taylor Swift, they jumped up to over $1,200. Jeez. Well, Livy was saying she performs for like four hours or something. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, Livy really wanted to go to it. Yeah. But it's a lot of money, you know, like just the cost of the ticket and then you've got to fly... Yeah. To Sydney or Melbourne and yeah. accommodation and that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. My tip is just uh, download her albums on Spotify and you'll yeah. be right. Yeah. <laughs> Save you a lot of bucks. Yeah, but but, but even like my, the other guys that mentioned that Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, you know, going to because he's younger than us. Doesn't he love his concerts? Yeah, but going to concerts at our bands of around in the eighties. And paying upwards of over one hundred and fifty dollars a ticket, mm. and I remember going to see them at in the eighties at the Purple Crow I sell for five or ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. what group's this? <laughs> oh yeah, you know the Screaming Jets. Oh yeah, Jimmy mm. Morris, Kate Sobrano, and well, I walked into years ago, but, oh, early two thousands. Yeah. Walked into Blacktown. Uh, RSL walked into this room. Guess who was playing? Uh, Mental as anything, uh, <laughs> and uh, I didn't have to pay a cent. Yeah, no. Well, um, I heard the news on Friday—not Friday, Thursday—that um, the music, one of the music shops in Popperquay, is closed down. Yeah, you know, because there's just no music scene down there. Yeah. All the record shops are gone, uh, yeah. pretty much gone now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Mm. yeah, but no, she was um, just going back to Christine Sinclair. Yeah, she's been named the Canadian Player of the Year 14 times. Yeah. Now, she has played for Canada for over 20 seasons, mm. and despite her exceptional scoring record, she's never won the Women's World Player of the Year despite being nominated seven times. That's ridiculous. Hey, I think she would have at least won at least five awards. Yeah. Now, Stephanie Taylor. Now, she's a Jamaican cricketer who made her international debut at just 17 years of age for the West Indies. Now, she scored 90 runs off 49 balls on debut. Now, she's the former captain and has represented the West Indies women's team over 250 times. I think the women's team could beat the men at the moment, yeah. the men's team. Yeah. Uh, now, she's right-handed batsman and off-break bowler. So that's a slow bowler where the ball spins from off stump to leg stump. Yeah. Uh, spins into the batsman. <laughs> now, she was a 2011 ICC Women's Cricketer of the Year. Yeah. And she was the first West Indian to do so. Now, she's played over 100 ODIs and T20 international matches and has scored over 3,000 T20 runs. Yeah. So it seems to be a lot of the time it's just mainly the 
in women's cricket, it's mainly the, the Aussie players and the English and the Indian players who seem to get all the recognition. Yeah. Yeah, she's sort of forgotten Stephanie Taylor. Yeah. Now, Maggie Alfonso. Now, she's a former England rugby player who played flanker. Now, she was voted Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year in 2010 and inducted into the Rugby Hall of Fame in 2016. And she received an MBE. So that's a member of the British Empire. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Warney, he used to sledge some of the English players because when they won the Ashes in... 2005, England. Yeah. Um, Paul Collingwood, I think he played the last test match and he only scored like 12 runs or something. Yeah. And all the English players got an MBE, yeah. you know, because it was the first time they'd won the Ashes in yeah. years. And then when they played Australia in the next series, you know, when they were flogged, yeah. <laughs> Orny's sledging. Yeah. Paul Collingwood, oh, you got an MBE for scoring 12. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she played in the Six Nation Championship wins for England and six Grand Slams in seven years. Yeah, all this abuse by the English towards the Aussies cricket team, you know. Yeah. I think the <laughs> wonder if that's going to speed up the Republican cause now. Uh, Hope so. Well, 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 even with the. Um... And yeah, now King Charles has yeah, been whatever, inducted oh. or whatever. Um, yeah, they're, they're not really looking at putting him on the money, Australian money. Is that right? Yeah. Uh. Because it was normally royalty on the lowest, um, yeah, I think $5 notes or whatever it is, but there's talk about doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, because it. At his age, you don't know how long he's going to be in the job for. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. And it sort of takes... And it costs a lot of money to change that. Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like even to print it now, I think it even takes up to two years to get into full circulation. Hmm. We're pretty much... I I reckon it won't be too long before we become a cashless society. Yeah. Yeah. So... uh, yeah, might not be any need to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, no. Did you see the the Lords members like giving it to the Aussies no, when they? No. Yeah, because they've got to walk through the long room to get to their change room. Yeah. These Lords members, yeah. like, you're basically like it's it's like a real exclusive club. Yeah. You got to be like mega rich. Yeah. To be in there, yeah. and yeah, they're just abusing the Aussies like hell, like calling yeah. them cheats, yeah. and yeah, yeah, because I know I remember when I went down when Sydney, I was in Sydney with my father, and we went to a day night at Australia versus South Africa, and we called him to see um, Dad's friend. And the and yeah, we told him, oh yeah, we're off to the cricket. He says, Oh I yeah, yeah, how about I take you up to the members only stand on going mm. What? Yeah, um but yeah, yeah that that's it, oh no, we 
bought the tickets in May 13. So, uh, yeah. But I, yeah, it would have been interesting. But 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 when they when Mike Whitney came on and said not to do the Mexican wave, and of course it started. Yeah, that wouldn't have gone down well. And yeah, you know, and then the, everyone does the Mexican wave and gets around to the members' pavilion. Mm. And they don't do it, and everyone boos and starts again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, um, with those with those Lords members, it doesn't take much for them to get thrown out. Their membership yeah. cancelled because there's like a waiting list going back years and years, like decades, yeah. Yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was like unprecedented. Yeah. But if they were any other country, they wouldn't have said a thing. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. It's like all oh, those bloody colonials, you know, cheating again. Oh, and, oh, oh. oh gosh. It's you, your buggers that sent her over, sent it over here in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Now, Maya Moore, she's an American former professional basketball player. She was a WNBA champion four times mm. and WNBA finals MVP, the most voted player in 2013. And also the WNBA most valuable player in 2014. Yeah. Now, she was selected in the WNBA first team six years in a row, from 2013 to 2018. Great achievement. Right, so we'll move on to our Where Are They Now? This week's Where So, this week, we're going to talk about a sport that we haven't covered before. Well, not in depth, but it's a, a sport that's very close to Glenn's heart. And it's a very female-dominated sport, but some men do play it. Yeah. The sport of netball. Yeah. Yeah, so... Now, now, now I'll tell you a little story mm. that probably not many people know. But that the... Um, yeah, Paper Magazine. Apparently, that there was a photographer there that were taking shots of the the, the netball players in um yeah playing and taking pictures of their underwear. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sleazy stuff. So my father, a guy told me father, and um. My uncle Phil, he actually worked at Alpine Offset Printing that used to print the magazine. Um, they probably still do, but um, so he went out, and of course only Carol being the being the coach and the yeah. sweater and all that. Yeah, once uh, coached Australia, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, the Australian yeah. netball team. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, he went. He went to Uncle Phil went into work. Went to his boss. And told told them um, what what the photographer was uh, done and what what they were going to be printing, mm. and the boss said, "Right, oh, yeah, we're not we're not printing that section." Yeah. And the, and the boss rang up the the magazine and said, "Well, we're not we're not printing your sleazy stuff." Really. Yeah. Even though there was other stuff in there. Oh gosh. But because it was done with the Australian netball team. 
Well, they'd be showing topless women in there all the time. Yeah, but like, yeah, but yeah, but just this one, yeah, we're not going to print that section yeah. of the um, of uh, of the uh, women's. Yeah, it's showing the more women's underwear yeah. while they're playing, and the boss said, "I don't care if you pull the pull your contract. Yeah, we're just not doing it." Weird <laughs> income. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, no, um, yeah, so they're trying to what, use sex to sell it, you think? Or? Oh, yeah, 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 just, yeah, one of the, yeah. The media is just so hard up on, on yeah, creating stories and, yeah. and stuff like that. Beating things up to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but. A lot of countries around the world, netball's basically unknown, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's mainly in the Commonwealth countries where it's a yeah. very popular sport. Yeah. Um, has been for a number of years. And it, 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 well, it's the biggest female sport in, during winter in Australia. Mm. There's more people, there's more girls playing well, netball. Huge participation, right? In, so, in winter yeah. than any other sport for the rest of the year. Exactly. Yeah, but I'll, I'll just give a bit of a background on the sport for those that aren't too familiar with it. So, yeah, it's played on a rectangular court by two teams of seven players. And, well, it's mainly played by women, but, yeah, some men do play. Like, they have mixed social competitions. Yeah, and, yeah I wonder if they'll ever have a men's team in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. yeah. But what they do, like, they shoot the ball into a small goal, goal ring. Yeah, which is a bloody high way up, isn't it? It's on yeah. a high post. Yeah. So it's not easier to score a goal, yeah. but they make it look easy, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, when you when you watch it. Um but it's it's like basketball, but you just can't bounce the ball. But but you can't really travel. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you can't get the ball from one end of the court and travel down the other end. Yeah. You can only take so that's many right. steps and then you've got to pass it over mm. to Yeah. Yeah. Wherever, whichever way it's going, and yeah, like even yeah, like at the goal, at each goal you've got the the goalie and all the shooter. Yeah. So the goalie for for that team to protect the the um the the rent, to protect the shot, and then you've got also the the shooter from the other team mm. uh, up there as well. Yeah. And, uh, also, like it's among a rare number of sports created exclusively for women. Yeah. So I think the only other one I can think of that comes to mind is synchronized swimming. I guess <laughs> whether you'd call that a sport or not. Yeah. yeah. But it's played on indoor and outdoor courts, and yeah, very popular in countries like Australia, New Zealand, England, South Africa, Jamaica. They're probably the main countries, but yeah, yeah Australia and New Zealand have had a big rivalry in netball for oh, years yeah, and years. Yeah. Well, they call it the Trans Tasman Trophy. Yeah. They play yeah, for. Yeah. But England are very good in netball now. Yeah. They, they've improved dramatically. And yeah. Jamaica were the third best team in the world for a number of years, yeah. but they've sort of slipped off the pace a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, but. It's one of those sports, yeah, players can only go to the certain areas of the court where their position's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think you can bounce the ball if you pass it. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yep. yeah, yeah, but you can only take you gotta stay within your yeah. There's mm. no area you you know, you can only take so many steps. Yeah, that's right. We've been back and hold the ball for so long. Mm. If you help hold the ball for too long, yeah, you get penalised. Yeah. So yeah, so it is a very, uh, yeah, you know, ongoing, you know, non-stop game really. Oh, exactly. It's yeah, very it's, fast. Well, there's a big emphasis on fast, accurate passing, isn't that's there? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you you've really got about have ten plans in your head at once. Yeah. Yeah. When you, okay, the ball comes here, right there, you got to have those 10 scenarios ready to go to play, to play any one of them straight away. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of strategy involved. Yeah. And, but yeah, according to World Netball, the sport is played by more than 20 million people in more than 80 countries. Mm. Yeah, it's quite big in Africa, like Malawi. They've yeah, they're an Af small African nation, yeah. and they've caused a few big upsets yeah. over the years. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever beat Australia and New Zealand, but yeah. Yeah, I think you know they might have beaten South Africa yeah. once or twice. And yeah. but this week's where are they now? We're going to talking about an absolute netball legend, and her name is Irene Van Dyke. Now she was born in yeah she was born Irene. Now, how's my Afrikaans going? Now, Villon, I think that's how you pronounce it. Villon. <laughs> In Vereniging, Gauteng, South Africa, in 1972. Uh, yeah, so Gauteng's a province in South Africa. Now, she's a South African-born New Zealand netball player who played as a goal shooter uh, and is one of the world's greatest netballers of all time. <coughs> Now, she was born and bred in apartheid South Africa, however, went on to become a netball legend for New Zealand. Now, I was just thinking when I was thinking about Irene Van Dyke, and, you know, there's been so many South African sports people who have gone, you know, left South Africa and gone on to represent other countries. Yeah, yeah mainly cricket. Cricket has come to mind, so... You know, there's so many of them. You know, because in those apartheid years, South Africa were banned from playing team sports. Yeah. Yeah, they could still play some in, individual sports like tennis and yeah. golf and yeah. yeah. But you know, those sports that they were so good in in uh, rugby and cricket, especially, yeah. yeah, they just weren't allowed to play. And yeah. so yeah, a lot of their great cricketers um, left South Africa and went and played for mainly for England. Yeah. So the ones that come to mind are, uh, oh, you know, Robin Smith, uh, Kevin Peterson. Well, he he played for, uh, he left South Africa and played for England. Yeah. You know, this was uh, when they, after they were reintroduced it back into world cricket once apartheid came to an end. Yeah. But see, what happened then, they brought in the quota system into the South African sporting teams. Uh, so you had to have a certain number of uh, black players in the uh, team. Like I think in cricket, like it was, you had to have at least three of the 11 players uh, from a coloured background. Uh, yeah, so a lot of players left because they 
you know, it was difficult for them to make the team because of the quota system. Yeah. But he went and played for England, became probably one of the greatest batsmen of all time. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, but Kepler Vessels, he left South Africa, you know, during the apartheid era in the 70s and yeah. ended up playing for Australia, yeah. became yeah, one of their best batsmen during yeah. that early 80s period. Yeah. But then he, he left because he had a a big blue with the Australian Cricket Board in about 1985 because yeah. they thought he was behind this rebel tour that went to South Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he ended up going back to South Africa and told the ACB where to go. Yeah. And there, yeah, when South Africa were reintroduced back into, once apartheid came to an end in the early 90s, he captained the South African team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that World Cup in 1992, he was their captain. I was there that night, and yeah. there he was. I was so used to seeing him play for Australia. Now he was playing against them <laughs> and smashing us all over the ground. But, yeah, Alan Lamb's another one. He went on to play for England, and, yeah, very good batsman. Uh, yeah, Grant Elliott, he went on to a South African bats, uh, cricketer. He went to go and play for... Uh, New Zealand and Jonathan Trott's another one yeah but there's a Aussie athlete called John Stephenson he won the 400 metres gold medal at the 2006 Commonwealth Games for Australia he, he came from South Africa mm. uh, Zola Budd back in the 80s she came from South Africa she was a middle distance runner she was the one who used to run in bare feet uh. yeah yeah, we spoke about her briefly in an episode in the oh, about three years ago, I reckon. Where um, yeah, she was blamed for tripping Mary Decker, America's Mary Decker, at the '84 Los Angeles Olympics. Yeah. But yeah, some South Africans have played for us, the Wallabies, the Australian rugby team. Yeah, yeah. Clyde Rathbone, yeah. Tian Strauss, and yeah, in the. Marcus Labashain, yeah, he was born and lived uh, some of his childhood in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, he's from a South African family. Uh, Moved over, I think, he, when he was about nine or ten. Yeah. yeah. So, no, there's been a whole, whole heap of them over the years. Mm. Gee, it would have been good if um, Barry Richards or what's his name? Graham Pollock played for Australia, <laughs> uh, especially in the 80s when we were struggling. Uh, oh, that would have been good. Uh, yeah, but Irene Van Dyke, we'll get back to her. She played the greatest number of in international games and is the greatest goal shooter of all time with a consistency of over 90%. Uh, Gosh, I'd be there nearly all day trying to get the ball in the uh, bloody hoop. Uh, <laughs> take me like about 10 goes if I was lucky yeah. Yeah. but she's an icon of the sport of netball and largely responsible for its growing popularity over the years now yeah because I remember back in the 80s I actually remember when she played for South Africa and I wasn't I didn't know much about netball back in those days yeah. you know um, but I knew about Irene Van Dyke yeah. yeah but I, did, I didn't realise she played that many games for New Zealand. Uh, yeah. I knew she went over there eventually, but yeah. But uh, 
Her father, Herman, he died during a routine appendix operation in 1992. And while her mother, who was also called Irene, passed away from cancer in 2012. Now, she married a guy called Christy Van Dyke in 1994, and they have a daughter called Bianca, who later followed in her mother's footsteps and became a netball player. Now, Irene Van Dyke, she's very tall, 1.93 metres tall, so that's wow. six four four inches. So she's up there. And she played with great skill, had unbelievable power and goal-scoring accuracy, sometimes 100% accuracy in games. Now, with her long limbs, she was brilliant at splitting her legs wide after receiving the ball. (laughs) And then... Yeah, well, at that height, geez, that'd be an advantage, wouldn't it? And using great balance and moving closer to the goalposts, increasing her chances of scoring a goal. Now, Van Dyke had great hand-eye coordination and perfect positioning under the hoop, too. Now, she would practice shooting 300 goals a day and husband Christy would analyse her play. Now, she made her international debut for South Africa in 1994 and played 72 games for for South Africa and was a member of their team that finished runner-up to Australia at the 1995 World Championships. Now, in in the year 2000, she moved to Wellington, New Zealand. Now, it wasn't easy at the time because she was only 27 years of age and had just given birth to daughter Bianca. Now, initially, Van Dyke, she only planned to play for Wellington for six months. However, became a permanent move when Netball South Africa informed her they would not pick her to play for the national team. Now, Van Dyke realised that was her time and she made herself available to play for New Zealand. Now, Van Dyke said it was the best decision she ever made. Now, her mother also came out to New Zealand with her in 2000. And Van Dyke said that her mother said to her, quote, I can't see you going back to South Africa. And when your mother tells you something, you listen, end of mm-hmm. quote. Now, she was immediately selected in the Silver Ferns side. So that's a New Zealand national team. And this caused great controversy at the time due to being allowed to compete for two different nations in a brief period of time. Now, normally, like in... Most sports, you normally have to do like a waiting period. Yeah. Yeah, like I know in cricket, I think you got to wait about four or five years. Yeah. Um, but she caught plenty of criticism back in South Africa for her defecting. And she also received a lot of criticism in New Zealand, as many believe she was taking the place in the side at the expense of young Local netballers, you know, because yeah. netball is a big sport in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the biggest uh, women's sport. Yeah. But no, she just simply moved to New Zealand for a better life, you know. She grew up in apartheid South Africa and where there was cr- a lot of crime and, yeah. and she didn't like the apartheid system, Yeah. Um, you know, because she had a lot of friends that were, you know, black and, yeah, yeah she couldn't understand, you know, why they weren't allowed to do this and do that. Yeah. yeah, But Van Dyke's game excelled and she went on to play for New Zealand for the next 14 years. Yeah. She became a New Zealand citizen in 2005 and became the face of New Zealand netball and a crowd favourite. 
Now, one of the reasons she decided to move to New Zealand was the fond memories she had when touring there in 1994 with the South African side. And she said, quote, what I loved about the New Zealand people is they love to barbecue. They love to socialise. Very much an inclusive kind of feeling that I got from Kiwis. I love the culture right from the start, end of quote. And she rejected offers to go to Australia. Mm. But you, know, you just see there's so many New Zealanders that moved to Australia. Uh, and they say, oh, we moved here for a better life. And uh, yeah. And then when it gets better in New Zealand, they move back. Well, I, I think there's more Kiwis over here than uh, in, in New Zealand now, yeah, basically. Well, well, the nickname for Helen's Vale is West Auckland. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. It's a lot of them around Logan. Yeah. Oh, heaps. Yeah. yeah. Now, in a game against Australia in 2004, Van Dyke came on in the third quarter of the third test match and scored 24 out of 24 shots to turn the match around and help New Zealand win. Now, Aussie netball legend Liz Ellis was injured and missed some of the 2004 series in Australia mm. after being injured during a clash with Van Dyke, who had an increasing calls go against her for being penalised for stepping and contacting other players. Because, yeah, you can't make any contact. Can you? But gee, some of the contacts they do have are—they're—they're they're pretty hard. Yeah. But it's one of those sports where they get quite a few knee injuries, don't they? Yeah. Because of the constant landing and twisting, and yeah. yeah, it's not a good sport if you got dodgy knees. Yeah, that's no, for sure. But but they, they there was also um, they had a really good knee specialist mm. in Sydney that they sent. Everyone too, and I have a little story if you want me to tell. Yeah. About this knee surgeon. Um, my then wife had a fall and had that knee surgery. So me only Carol organised her to her to go and have it done with this knee surgeon. Anyway, um, and it was down these. Big flight of stairs. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. me and Uncle Phil took my wife to the, um, <laughs> you know, to, to have the day surgery. And so we're at the top of the stairs and we start walking down. And it was like a comical thing, you know. Uncle Phil and I get to the bottom of the stairs and we look towards each other. There's not, she's not in the middle of us, and we look back <laughs> Go on. And then she's still up on top of the stairs. She didn't come down. Yeah. So we had to try back up. And we eventually got taught her into coming down and all that. But Uncle Phil, um, he worked, because he worked at Alpine Offset Printing as a yeah. account manager. So this is the only Carol's husband. Yeah. Yeah, former... Australian netball yeah, coach, coach yeah. Yeah. Um, and he went back to work feeling very depressed mm. because he yeah he, he handles um, he he handles he did handle when he was working like two million dollar yeah five million dollar contracts with big companies for printing 
So he went, he went back to work very depressed mm. and he wasn't able to talk his, his niece into getting coming down to have the operation. So, he, so he, after a few hours, he rang up. And I said, oh, yeah, Joe's been for the operation. He said, how did you do it? Mm. I, said, I, said to, I, said, I said to Joe, Dad left 4 o'clock this morning to come down and pick you up. Mm. And if you haven't had the operation by the time he gets here, I don't want to be around. <laughs> and then she, and then she quickly went down the stairs. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, she uh, she would have had a lot of good contacts, so. I yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I very very much loved, and uh, just mm. she had the saying was, um, stuff it. Yeah. Like when something didn't work out, she'd say stuff it. And a lot of respect in the netball uh, community. Uh, yeah, 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 massive, massive, absolutely. Mm. She, she had, she was awarded a Medal of Australian. Oh, Oscar really? From from John Howard. Oh, what yeah. an achievement! Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the commentators on um, the ABC reckons that Arnie Carroll Sykes made Laurie Lawrence and look look like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Van Dyke, she was dominant in the Silver Ferns one off test win against Australia in Sydney in 2005 when they thrashed the Diamonds. Gosh, this is a spanking. Because you only get one point for a goal in netball. Yeah. They flogged them 61 to 36. Yeah. Now, normally, Australia New Zealand netball games. Most of them are only decided by a goal or two, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And with playing partner Jodie Tehuna tall, Jodie Tehuna, they tore the Aussies apart. Yeah. It was a dominant year for the Silver Ferns, <laughs> going through the year undefeated. Now, Van Dyke was instrumental in New Zealand winning the gold medal at the 2006 Melbourne Commonwealth Games, and she shot a tournament high. 300 goals from 324 shots. So that's around 93%. Now, she celebrated her 100th test for New Zealand with their 52-36 win over Australia. So that's another, another uh, thumping. However, New Zealand lost the series 2-1. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, yeah... <laughs> One thing in in the Commonwealth Games, though, like it only really gets, you know, to the fair dinkum department, yeah. like when they get to the semi-finals. Because yeah. up until then, when they've got to play teams like Antigua and uh, yeah, Botswana, and uh, and they win by about 60 points, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's not even a practice run. Yeah. Yeah. But Van Dyke had the honour of being chosen to lead the news, lead New Zealand in the opening ceremony of the Delhi Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Now that's an incredible achievement for someone who's come from another nation yeah. and been given the honour of leading, yeah. you know, her um, adopted country out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now Van Dyke also had the honour at these games when she became New Zealand's most capped player in New Zealand netball history when she went past. Leslie Numbles, 110 caps, 
Now, New Zealand, now remember watching this, it was right at the very end of the games, it was the last event, yeah. and I was watching it, and oh, I was on the edge of my seat. It was the most thrilling, one of the most thrilling sporting events I've ever watched. Yeah. It was New Zealand were playing Australia in the final, yeah. and um, yeah, scores were level at full time. And then they went into extra time, and then it was level again. And then they, I think, yeah. And then they went into more extra time. Yeah. And New Zealand won gold in the final eventually, sixty-six to sixty-four. Now in twenty twelve, Van Dyke was still excelling, scoring an astonishing ninety-five point one percent in the ANZ. So she's forty years of age now. Mm. Yeah, in the ANZ Championships. And she had no plans on retirement. Now, she helped lead the Magic, the team she was playing for, their New Zealand team, to the grand final in the ANZ Championship that year. And they became the first New Zealand franchise to win the title. Now, Van Dyke scored 25 goals from 26 shots in the grand final. Yeah, because what they, what they did, see, there was an Australian competition and then a New Zealand competition, right? But in that period, in the late um, 2000, you know, early 2010s, yeah. yeah, they had a trans... I don't think they have it now, but the Australian and New Zealand teams combined to form one competition. Yeah, and... Yeah, and I think, yeah, they just... Yeah, don't do it anymore. Yeah, they... Yeah, it came to an end. Just I, th I think just with all the travelling and... You never know, they might go back to it again. Yeah, but she spent most of her career playing for Waikato Bay of Plenty of Magic from 20, 2003 to 2013 and spearheaded their first National Bank Cup title, putting an end to the Southern Sting's six-year winning streak of titles. That's a great nickname, the Southern Sting. <clears throat> now, she was a member of the triumphant New Zealand team that won the World Championships in 2003 and she was a Commonwealth Games gold medalist in 2006 and 2010 against arch rivals Australia and was a World Netball Series gold medalist in 2009 and 2012. Now Van Dyke was the named the New Zealand Sportswoman of the Year in 2003 and she retired from international, international netball in 2014 finishing her illustrious career with an incredible 5,917 goals from 6,572 shots at goals. So that's around 90%. And Van Dyke said upon her retirement, quote, I have really high expectations of myself and my match statistics over the past few months in the ANZ Championship are simply not good enough to justify taking my game to the international level. End of quote. Gee, she's hard on herself. <laughs> now, Van Dyke continued to play for Central Pulse in the ANZ Championship till, 20, till 2016 and then took on a coaching role. So she didn't really retire from the sport until 44 years of age. Jeez. Now, she played in five World Cups, two for South Africa, three for New Zealand. She went to four Commonwealth Games and in 2009 was honoured for her services to netball in New Zealand when awarded the New Zealand Order of Merit and the Queen's Birthday Honours.
And back in 2002, Russell Gray wrote a biography about Van Dyke calling Changing Colours. So, let's see what Irene Van Dyke's doing today. She's now 51 years of age. Now, she's a primary school teacher and is a devoted Christian. And she supported the Lifeathon fundraising event for the Christian Music Radio Network, Life FM. And she lives in Hawke's Bay, New Zealand with husband Christy. And she is currently a Netball New Zealand ambassador and still very much immersed in the game. Now, she is a role-less Netball New Zealand's participation manager of youth and heads Netball's pioneering youth board, a role, role she loves, especially as she gets to learn every day. She enjoys giving back to the sport and making a difference in the lives of young people. Now, her work involves encouraging more youth. Now, they call youth in the New Zealand uh, Maori culture rangatahi. Yeah. Now, she encourages more youth to play netball and have equal opportunities, which is different from when she was growing up in apartheid South Africa, where, yeah, so many black children in South Africa were denied the sporting opportunities, which Van Dyke always thought was greatly unfair. Now, Van Dyke is also an ambassador for the Sport New Zealand campaign. It's called Hashtag It's My Move, with the aim of getting more girls involved in physical activity. She also coaches a netball team, the Hastings High School Old Girls. Now, she was asked to play for them, however, knocked it back, stating that, quote, it is the younger people's turn to experience the game, end of quote. Now, her daughter... Bianca is also a talented netball shooter. Now, she studied at San Diego State University on a rowing scholarship. Gosh, so yeah, those um, long limbs in the family would come in handy in rowing, but no, netball was a true passion. So, yeah, but she now lives in Wellington working for Netball Central as participation lead. Yeah, and that's the story of Irene Van Dyke. Yeah. So let's reveal our answer to our Who Am I? And the answer is... Annika Sorenstam. I was just thinking of a, yeah, just doing a bit of searching. Um, yeah, just before we were talking about you know, money coming into women's sport. I, I, I recall Annie Carroll, she was teaching, coaching... Um, one of the Sydney teams, and then um, Sydney Electricity came in as a, as a sponsor. Yeah. And at the time, it was the biggest sponsor dealership in women's sport in Australia. Yeah. All oh, right. It's all right. So just, just glancing through some of her, mm. her information here. Yeah. Yeah, and they're getting more and more sponsorship now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, one thing we didn't um, look at in loyalty in sport, I was just thinking, like, the most loyal sponsor of a sporting team. Yeah. <laughs> most loyal sponsor. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't mind looking into that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll reveal this week's top five for the most 
Underrated. Um, sporting women. Yeah. They used to have a poll in Rugby League Week every yeah, year. Yeah. The magazine doesn't exist now, but it did for many years. Yeah. And every year there'd be a lot of controversy yeah. over, um, you know, they'd ask 100 players a whole heap of questions. Yeah. And they'd do from that a poll. Yeah. And they'd give like a percentage, you know. And one of the, the question that created the most controversy yeah. over the years was, you know, who is the most overrated Rugby league player in the NRL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one didn't go down too well. Yeah. But they still used to have that question every year. Yeah. Do, do you think it's fair that sort of question? Nah. Yeah, I don't think it's fair talking about. Well, a lot of us do talk about overrated athletes. I know yeah. I get sucked into that. Yeah. You know, Mitchell Marsh. I always thought he was overrated, but there yeah. he was. He scored a ton. Scored yeah. a great century. Yeah. For the Aussies on day one of the recent test match. Yeah. And yeah. But now I'll give my top five now. So fifth place, I've got Annika Sorenstam. Fourth place, I've got today's, where are they now? Irene Van Dyke. Third spot, Jacka Joyner-Kersey. Second spot, I have Christy Sinclair. And in top spot, drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> I have Venus Williams. Uh, yep. Oh. Right. Who was your number one, Glenn? Yeah, I'll go with Venus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Pl pl playing in yeah, in the shadow of your sister. Mm. Yeah, and achieving so much without you know getting the recognition. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? No. Yeah. I've never got around to watching yeah. it. Um, what's his name? Will uh, Will Smith. Yeah. He's in it, isn't he? He won an Academy Award for it. Yeah. The yeah. award where he did the slap. <laughs> the blow up. That's a blow up. Yeah. I reckon that's what we should talk about. What do you reckon? Because I was going to talk about sportsmen who were underrated. Yeah. We'll get to that. Do you, and just, you know, what's happened in the last week. Do you think we should have an episode on fan blow-ups? <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, see what we can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few yeah. odds, eh? Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the Darwin Awards? No. They're awards given for people that have removed themselves from the gene pool. Oh, by, okay. By doing stupid things. Yeah. So instead of the joke of the week of of like the story of a guy that tried to do this, yeah, remove himself from the gene pool. Yeah, he was a brick brick bricklayer, and he was working on the sixth story of this building. Anyway, he he finished, and there was quite a few bricks left over. So instead of carrying them down, there was about two hundred and fifty kilos of bricks to carry down. So instead of doing it, he thought he'll use the the wheelbarrow that's been set up on this pulley system. So he goes, so he loads the bricks into the pulley system, goes down to the ground level, unties the rope, and then realizes the weight difference between him being at seventy kilos yeah. and the bricks and barrow being over two hundred and fifty. By then it was too late. He was hurtling at the rate of knots up 
inside the building while the wheelbarrow with the bricks came down the other side. Oh. Then the other way, and they met. They met around the third floor. Yeah. Anyway, the the the, the brick and wheelbarrows continued to head to the ground, and and smash, as he's holding, still holding up the rope instead of letting go at the beginning. Yeah. Anyway, he ends up with jamming his fingers in the pulley, and, you know, breaking three fingers. So then. Yeah, of course the barrows hit the ground and all the bricks has come down, come out. Now there's no weight at all in the bricks in the barrow. Now he's the heaviest one on the rope. So he starts to descend at a rate of knots. And um comes yeah, and again they they meet about the third floor. So he comes crashing down to the ground while the barrow's up up on where the pulley is. And instead of holding on to the pulley, onto the rope, because the, the most pain he was, he let go of the rope, so the wheelbarrow started to descend its way back down, at a rapid knot with no weight to stop it or slow it down, and came crashing down and broke both his legs. Ouch. <laughs> Few uppercuts for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I remember that. Remember that old King G ad. Yeah. You know, do you remember that one? They were on the construction site. And yeah. It's one catastrophe after another. Yeah. yeah. King G's. You're tough. I'll have to put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, it's a ripper. Yeah. yeah. They don't make commercials like that anymore. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. If you saw it, you'd reckon, remember it. Yeah. 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 Right, so, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sports Shack. All references for this episode are on the platform page. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Glenn. <laughs> And please check out our Facebook posts for, for my sporting memories. And thanks to Gold Studio Productions for producing the Sports Shack and Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Yeah, so goodbye everyone and look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.